0: Welcome to the ninth episode of the Indian Market Story. Um, We're here to talk about the Indian IT sector, one of the growth engines of the country, and a fantastic story of of success over the last three decades. But before we jump into the conversation, um, I want to take a second to apologize to our viewers about about a different production setup. Uh, We've been facing some challenges, but we're hoping that we can bring something new to the table uh, and more consistently present information that highlights what we're talking about. and I'm also going to take a second to introduce, you know, our one of our returning guests, Mr. Deepan Mehta, a market expert and uh, someone who's a who's a very well-regarded expert in IT stocks as well. So, uh, sure. Deepan, why don't we start out by uh, by tracing the history of the Indian IT sector? I think it's something that you've been invested in for a very long time.
1: Yeah, Varun, thank you for having me on this uh, particular podcast. And Indian Indian IT industry is something which absolutely goes right to my heart. I think. Uh, A lot of my success in my career, uh, whatever I have created in terms of business uh, and even wealth, I think a lot of it is linked to the Indian IT sector. It's been one of the most fabulous wealth creating engines in the world and it has uh, created a great deal of prosperity in our country. So I would just like to go back to the 1990s when I first got into IT stocks and started to understand what the software sector is all about and that time it was the entire y2k boom if you remember that all the uh, computer clocks in us uh, were at ddmmyy and they did not know how the software or the hardware would perform once it went from 1999 to 2000 and so many uh, lines of code were written so they needed uh, a large pool of talented and uh, educated professionals to go through the code line by line line by line identify where the ddmmyy was there and change it the change the yy to yyyy uh, and uh, thereafter see and test the application so suddenly overnight there was absolute boom time in the indian it industry and you would see doubling of the quarterly growth rates of companies it was such a heady time 1999 Uh, right up to 2000 and many many investors uh, in the market uh, professional investors savvy investors missed this particular boom Uh, but uh, nonetheless I think a lot of a lot of new entrants like us we just took to uh, IT stocks in a big way and had a massive uh, outperformance in our portfolios Uh, but when Y2K was coming to an end means when we entered the uh, the next uh, century the 2000. There was a great deal of skepticism whether, uh, you know, this boom in Y2K and the kind of uh, you know good uh, run which the IT companies had would now be over because they have done the biggest project ever in the history of uh, software. But that did not happen, Werner That's the most interesting part and a big, big learning is that the software industry globally, there is no uh, end point, right? it never really reaches a sense of maturity. So there was Y2K. After Y2K, we had internet. So corporates wanted to integrate internet. Then we had application development, application maintenance, remote infrastructure management. And then we had the internet of things, uh, use of mobile applications. And now and that was followed by cloud computing. Uh, uh, and so many different, different trends keep on coming. And today the hardest the word is AI. So what the beauty of this industry is, is that every few years, there's a new technology, a new trend and corporations, governments have to rework their IT systems. And that's where Indian IT industry comes into play. Sorry to be a little long on this thing, but it's it's something, it's an industry, which is just truly amazing with absolutely no parallel anywhere else in the world. And even as we speak, the value proposition of the Indian IT companies remains extremely strong. And just as you want to go to China for manufacturing, when it comes to developing software, we are the world's capital.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think you, you touched on several points there that uh, maybe we should take a second and deconstruct. So uh, the first question, I think maybe some low-hanging fruit. Why is India the center of IT services in the world? Um, i mean the obvious and immediate answer is the large available pool of talent but uh, is there something deeper than that or or and how is this story of india being this becoming the center of of it almost played out because i can't imagine it started that way back in 2000s uh, i think we know that india wasn't such a large component of global it spends i you
1: know in a in a very uh, cynical way uh, you can uh, attribute the success of the Indian IT industry to 250 years of colonization because the British gave us the English language and we became the largest English speaking nation in the world. And that's where most of the code, codes are written. That's how the language is the, the language of communication as far as the software industry is concerned. And we had a large pool of English speaking engineers. Uh, we had a pretty well developed engineering college network and uh, there were just not enough jobs for these uh, engineers who came out of college and that's how we, we had the english-speaking engineers available ready talent available for the u.s corporations uh, european corporations to tap and start developing or maintaining their it system so the underlying thing is uh, the demographics of our country uh, the language the education system i think the iits uh, have been there for decades and they also had a very, very important role to play in the revolution, IT revolution, which has taken place. And uh, also, I think rightly so, but Indian IT companies, they invested a lot in education. I mean, they knew the engineers yeah. who were coming out from the colleges were not ready to start coding or ready to you know, uh, do their tasks or jobs uh, efficiently. Uh, so they kept on investing a lot in training centers. And in fact, when you talk to Infosys, TCS, HCL Tech, Uh, back in the 19, uh, back in the 2000s, they were always very proud about their uh, training uh, campuses, you know, and that's where I think a a lot of training has taken place and has just gone on and on and that knowledge has got passed on and Indians are great at relearning. So, you know, we don't get stuck in one particular technology or one particular language. We go with the flow and whatever the customer wants, whatever the flavor of the season, we're able to modify and mold ourselves to that and that i think is one of the very important attributes uh which uh, we can attribute to the success of this uh, industry in india mm-hmm. so i guess let's move on from from the
0: supply side to the demand side almost you know we started out with the y2k uh the the y2k crisis almost that that the indian it sector was there to solve and i think from there we moved on to you know client server side applications and then the internet and then you know managed services, but um, obviously the IT sector has sort of evolved through through that space. Uh, what what are the trends? I guess that 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 we see in the future that are going to continue to drive demand. I mean AI in particular is one, but uh, anything else that that uh, we're hearing about?
1: Who knows, Varun? I think three years ago we did not know about AI and chat GPT was unheard of and now every corporation wants to integrate chat GPT or AI into their applications and then who would have thought of COVID and mind you COVID really drove IT spends phenomenally because everybody wanted to work remote and that just changed the dynamics of the uh, entire uh, you know corporate sector globally where you wanted every service for your employees for your uh, customers for all your stakeholders you wanted it on the spot and remotely for from them sitting in their own office or home i
0: mean i'm going to so, i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject for a second here because we have some really fantastic statistics uh, and i'm going to share my screen to try and try and highlight yeah. this because uh, we have some really cool statistics um that show how global it spends evolved through the pandemic and I think you can see, you know, this huge surge in IT services spending yes. as well as in data center systems. You know, went from $3.8 trillion globally to $4.4 trillion globally. And that, that 2021 spending and 2022 spending has uh, has been much, much higher than the global GDP growth, which sort of tells us that the intensity of IT spending or IT spending as a as a component of overall spending um is expected to continue to go up and, and beat gdp growth quite quite handsomely actually
1: yeah that's true i think uh, you know now it is so central to every operation to every activity in the world that i don't see that it spends will ever uh, in the near future uh, have any kind of a slowdown and these trends you know today it's ai tomorrow to be something else uh, next year 3 years from now uh, some other trend or technology may come into place and all the time i think uh, uh, technologies get redundant uh, new softwares new technologies new products come into play and that's what keeps on driving growth i mean can you imagine starting any new business any new venture any new activity in the world without the use of it it's just not possible if and i not, think that puts India in a very sweet spot you know what you know what it is is it's that
0: now every business is a technology business. If you're not a technology business, yes. you're not a real business, right? Yes. And and I think that puts uh, you know the Indian IT sector in a really sweet spot because if everybody needs technology, uh, you just have to go to the place where you have the most people. I'm not necessarily sure that you know the big IT services companies may be the best people to capture that value, uh, particularly given the high base they're growing off. But you know overall, I think the Indian IT sector is is unquestionably poised for a really really bright future. Um, That's I fine. was running. I was running. I was running some numbers actually, and uh, so the the over the last ten years, global GDP has grown at roughly two point five percent. But over the last three, you know, of the last ten years in that same time span, IT spends globally have gone up almost three point five percent really five percent. Um, you know, which is which is not unsurprising because the intensity and the importance of IT is going up, but simultaneously to that, I think. Um, maybe I'll try and find the graph to highlight that. Yeah, that's that the one, yeah. India's, India's share of the global IT expenditure has gone up from 2.5% to 18.5%. So it's almost a 6x increase. And um, if we, I mean, going by the demographic trends, particularly the fact that you know, the global population is, is aging and the availability of labor is falling, um, I think it's fair to assume that that the Indian IT share of global IT spends uh, will, will quite feasibly go from roughly 20% where, where it is currently to maybe 40, 50% yeah, that's um, true. by the end of 2030, which, is, um, which means that the, the base market is growing by almost 12 to 14% compounded, which is a fantastic place to be.
1: That's right, Varun. You're right. I think many, many positive upsides for Indian IT sector. But, you know, you have to manage the success as well. And in the 25 odd years, um, which I've been looking at IT companies, many companies have come and gone. And many companies have got acquired. And there have been a few failures as well. And there are a few learnings uh, also for investors, as well as people in the IT industry. And all all I can say is that companies which didn't did not go with the trend who did not remodel themselves who did not rewire themselves they've been the biggest losers i think you have to go and uh, again retrain your employees rework your systems uh, have a solid uh, knowledge base in place and have systems to update your knowledge those are the ones you know which have really succeeded i think the number of times the likes of infosys tcs hcl tech have have adopted understood new technologies implemented it and still ensured fantastic uh, customer uh, satisfaction has been the highlight of the industry but i think varun uh, we are reaching a very uh, uh, good i would say a good inflection point within the it industry as well and i'd just like to elaborate a little bit that over the many years you know that i've been tracking the it companies <laughs> it was the mid-cap IT companies which were not able to clearly find a place in the sun so to speak and their growth rates were generally lower than the large cap IT companies but this time around last three four years i have seen that the mid-cap IT companies have really bloomed and matured and they are focused on specific niches within uh, and specific geographies which is why their growth rates now are higher than large cap IT also Mm-hmm. And I mean, I also think I also think part of that is the whole remote
0: working uh, drive, particularly post pandemic. Because I think pre pandemic, if you needed an IT services company, you needed someone you could trust, and to have, I mean, to build trust, you needed someone to be face to face. And the only people that were able to do that were, you know, your large cap IT companies that could afford to send people in in volume yep. abroad and bring them back and you know, hire people. Uh, hire people in the US and the UK, but now that that's not a requirement anymore, I think you know the seas have parted, so to speak. For a small IT company sitting in Bangalore or Mysore or you know Noida, wherever it might be, they can they can establish a connection digitally with with a client and and service them um, you know properly the way the way they the way they want to be serviced, which is uh, I guess why this opportunity has emerged for
1: them. Yeah, that also and also I think Indian mid-cap IT companies, they are focusing on areas and technologies where they have an edge because uh, end of the day, size does matter. It is a competitive advantage. But there are at least a handful of Indian IT companies, mid-cap IT companies, which have made a place for themselves and their customers are really happy with the kind of work they're offering. They're able to take on small projects, their agility, the quality, their understanding of the technology, the delivery, the delivery aspect, all of this is sometimes better than the large cap IT as well. And from an investor's perspective, I think small is beautiful because even smaller order flows, smaller projects can generate you that 15, 20% type of a top line growth. Whereas for a large company, they now really need 50, 100, 200 million dollar contracts to kind of move the needle for them. So from an investing perspective, uh, I think the mid-cap software companies, I think, have a far better future than the large-cap IT companies. But of course, there are risk factors attached with that because typically mid-cap IT companies have a very high degree of client concentration. And if one or two of their large clients suddenly decide to you know, stop the projects, then that does affect the you performance. You know, before we, before we get into the risk factors
0: in the mid-cap IT companies, I want to focus on this, you know, large... Um, you know, these large these large contracts. Because my sense is that you know these these large IT services contracts are a thing of the past. From a technology perspective, they just don't make sense anymore. Because a large a large IT contract for a for a giant piece of the entire software estate, um, is, is really not a smart enterprise IT strategy. Uh, because I mean on on two different cards. First is you don't want to you don't want to do a large piece of work all in one go. The way you want to manage your enterprise IT estate is you want it to be microservices driven. You want it to be small. You want it to be modular. You want to diversify across across a lot of different products. You know that are specific to a certain need. And then one by one by one, based on when upgrades come, you want to upgrade that in terms of really small contracts. And um, and that sort of runs contrary to this whole big big contract. Uh, you know. Uh, culture or or system almost and and I take this from you know uh I take this specifically from my time as time at accenture, where I saw that you know the the importance placed or rather the availability of big contracts was really declining, and you know the company reengineered itself one or two times as they often do uh, where where they had more they had a larger volume of contracts, even though they were slightly smaller and they incentivized. Um you know the mid to senior management the m d s that were the, that were directly responsible for client contact to to build a volume of work as well as a large value of work uh, because it 's also more deliverable you know if, if if something goes wrong in a in a hundred million dollar contract, then that whole contract's gone but if something goes wrong in a in a five ten million dollar contract okay, you may lose that contract, but you know that the remaining forty fifty million dollars worth of work that's split up across, you know, tiny, tiny pieces, is still secure. So, I mean, the industry is definitely going to have to reinvent itself from, at least from, from my perspective, because that, that big contract, I don't see that being real anymore.
1: You would be right, uh, you know, Varun, but uh, it's maybe uh, what happens is that the contract size is large, but it's broken up into many components. And it is over multi-year period so you know when a when a, in, in a global say, fortune 500 company wants to revamp its IT system it wants to rework its business model it wants to offer something new to its customers or its other stakeholders that's when an Indian IT comes into play and you made a very important point that agile systems is the way to go so sometimes these contracts or these orders flows which come to the Indian IT companies they're not completely formulated. They don't have the have the complete picture or visibility of what the output will look at at the end of the day. But they keep on experimenting, iterating, and then they have something which is you know which which is really creating a lot of value for the customers. So I think that's the way going forward for the Indian uh, IT. Uh, I would say projects per se. But you know there are certain very interesting global trends also which is driving IT spends, and I would like to just highlight this entire EV revolution, you know, which is happening mm-hmm. in the auto industry. And you have no idea that uh, the, the, the amount of software and the technology spends which the automobile industry is doing at this point of time is absolutely amazing. I think, you know, every single auto company now wants to do EV. And EV, a large part of, part of it is because of is the, is the software component. It's basically when you're buying an electric vehicle, you're buying a a computer on wheels and there are just so many components over there uh, in terms of infotainment in terms of security in terms of uh you know driving without any power train
0: yeah battery management systems brake optimization and recharge systems there's a lot of like it's 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 really like i think a computer on wheels is a really great way to put it because that's what it is
1: absolutely so that's one big uh, you know i would say global disruption trend which is driving it spends the second is this telecom and 5g you know that varun 5g is going really fast all over the all over the globe uh, i mean china us europe almost everybody is on 5g and with that kind of internet speeds you are seeing many new applications also being developed which could never be have been developed again especially on entertainment on gaming on e-commerce you know social media all of these things are suddenly just spiking up because of the speed of the internet and then every player within that particular segment is looking at increasing their it spend just to keep pace with what the competition is doing and what their customers are expecting so first he spoke about the ev the next big trend is this 5g and the way way it is uh, spreading uh, in terms globally in terms of what applications can be developed around it and then of course we already spoke about uh, chat gpt and artificial intelligence i think most companies want to weave that into every application of this and uh, see what results come out of it so i think broadly these are the three large uh, pools or trends uh, which are driving it spends and uh, that and companies which are focused especially in either of these three or all of these three which have the necessary i would say skill set and the employees uh, to deliver projects in these three uh, i would say uh, verticals i think their, their future is phenomenal and we can talk about specific I'll, companies i I'll, maybe,
0: I'll, maybe, I'll, I'll ask another question before i think uh, i think before we move on to move on to specific companies which which we really should but um another another area that i was just thinking of that i think may drive IT spends globally is also utilities because over the next decade, what we're going to see yes. is the is the electrification of a lot of uh, the energy infrastructure, and the integration of renewable energy, and where one where once you had maybe one coal power plant or natural gas power plant or whatever it might be, now you have solar parks and wind farms, which are which are very software intensive because you have. An, we have a number of devices to maintain and manage and improve um and and from that perspective i think that the utility sector should drive a lot of it spending particularly in europe because it's not a question of it's not a question of uh, want anymore it's a question of need i think there is a demand for for renewable energy there is a demand for electrification and uh, along with that will come a lot of it expenditure to manage that
1: yeah absolutely and lastly of course i think in manufacturing also they're using more and more robots in healthcare we are seeing a lot of medical procedures being taken being done through robotics uh, through remote uh, um, infrastructure management Uh, there are so many technologies which are playing out for various verticals within the it industry that if a company is just focusing on one or two of these verticals and they have a niche or there are some very special skills or uh, i would say projects to offer or even ip to offer those companies i think will be the winners and i think we should go on to uh, you know understanding all the indian i.t companies a few of the larger ones and especially some other mid-cap i.t companies which i think have got a great future because they're doing something innovative or something different
0: so why don't we do a quick whistle-stop tour of, I guess, the really big, big ones, uh, and then we can maybe jump into some of the, some of the mid-cap or small-cap IT companies that you, you've you got your eye on. Um, why don't we start with the giant of the Indian IT industry, TCS? Uh, I mean, if you could give us, you know, maybe a minute or two on how it started and, and you know, how it's evolved and, and even something about its most recent results, which I think were received quite positively.
1: No, Varun. I want to start with Infosys, if you don't mind. And I, right. I share All that right. picture with you. I share that picture with you. I want to share it to the viewers that is that for me is when Indian IT industry was born. See, Infosys is, is very different from any other IT company. Uh, it was there for many many years. The info, you know, Varun. The Infosys IPO actually devolved which means that people did not even apply for the shares which they were offering and the underwriters had to buy the shares of Infosys that to at par, I mean. And from there to be such a huge wealth creator is just phenomenal. And Infosys, not only the software part, but they got so many new uh, ideas uh, and so many new themes they got into play. I mean, that level of corporate governance, the honesty, the integrity with which they operated, I think that is just absolutely uh, pervasive across the IT industry. And uh, they drove so many entrepreneurs to think like them, to act like them, to be honest with their customers, to be fair to their employees, to be good corporate citizens. I think all of that uh, benefit or all of that, uh, I would say, uh, foundational work was done by Infosys and a lot of credit does go to them. So a little bit about Infosys, as I said, the, the IPO did not do well, but then they had their moment in Y2K. They were bang in front of it. And they were. there was a time when they were growing 100% quarter on quarter. And as I said earlier, this is one company which has kept on transforming itself uh, right from Y2K to internet, to application manage, management, to, uh, to software products, remote infra. you name it. They have been in the front of every cutting edge technology. And this is one company, which has delivered consistent and secular growth rates over the past several, several uh, decades or so. What uh, should Very
0: disappointing though. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really live up. Recent results are quite disappointing. They didn't really live up to the expectations. <laughs> that.
1: That's fair. I think, uh, you know, you have seen this turbulences do happen from time to time, but it's a great company. And eventually, I think they will ride out this soft spot, which they are in. So that's what Infosys. Then let's go on to um, TCS. TCS, of course, is the largest Indian IT company and among the top uh, five in the world as well. And it goes back to, as I said, it's can year, 1966 in the building right across over here was where it was born. And uh, I remember one story uh, told to me by the founding chairman, uh, uh, Mr. Kohli. And he used to say that there was a time that they would code in in Naraman Point in the Air India building and then put it on a floppy disk and someone would carry it on an Air India plane to London or New York and then put the floppy over there in the computer system in in their client location and then copy the program and then run the application. I mean, can you imagine your generation hasn't even seen a floppy disk, what it looks like, but that's how it was done. Uh, back in the 1990s so you know they've also gone a really really long way and uh, TCS uh, you know because of the Tata name they have been able to attract some very good talent I would say the highlight of TCS is the talent is the quality of leadership Uh, they kept on having uh, very good uh, CEOs who managed the company for decades on end who were themselves very hardworking and uh, very dynamic understood technology very well And uh, they really built a fabulous business, uh, which which has got no parallel anywhere in the world. Now, looking at Infosys and TCS, we had many other companies also come into play. HCL Tech also set up by Mr. Shiv Nadar was another another shining example. And uh, they were very early on in terms of uh, new technologies, especially in the telecom industry, uh, which for which which was they were very much known for. And uh, since then, they have diversified into many 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 verticals and uh, hcl tech what is different about it is this focusing on software products and that's one of the criticisms leveled against the indian it industry that they never developed software products per se like microsoft or like google chrome they were always servicing these larger companies but hcl tech is taking small steps i
0: guess i'll 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 ask a question because that doesn't fully make sense to me and I'll, i'll come at it from two different angles now first is that the leader in the IT services place globally uh, is Accenture. That's, I mean, that's pretty much unarguable. They don't, they don't focus on software products. They focus on partnerships with with software product providers, and quality of service delivery, and and they've done fantastically well. So I guess that's one I guess pushback on that criticism. And the second second dimension to this is that. It's more important for a corporate to select the right software product and integrate it well because, because that's the real continuous value and maintain that infrastructure. And I'm not sure why the criticism is relevant because it's a completely different thing. It's not like, you know, once you've, once you've built a software product, you, it's plug and play and that's the end of the story. That, that's not really how it works. That's not how it makes sense. So why why is this criticism relevant?
1: Well, it's relevant because, you know, we've seen a great deal of value being created by the likes of Microsoft and uh, Google, Apple, and these are all product companies, and they've used Indian talent to develop their products per se. So you know, we just feel that why not, why don't we have a Windows operating system uh, done by Indian company? We have the talent. Uh, we have the market as well. So anyway, that's not relevant at this point of time. I think uh, uh, more and more we are seeing Indian startups developing cutting edge technologies. Uh, so coming back, I think HCL Tech is focusing on software products. Then uh, the fourth largest company is of course Tech Mahindra. It was actually a joint venture between British Telecom and Mahindra and Mahindra. And uh, they were also on very, very strong on the telecom side. And the, the company really you know came into focus when mobile telephony took up all over the world and um, British Telecom required uh, uh, Mahindra British Telecom, that's what it's called at that point of time to manage their systems and to develop applications for themselves and thereafter I think we have seen many, many Indian companies uh, mid-sized companies uh, come into place they were all formed around the 2000s or so when continuously we were seeing IT spends many of them were set up by promoters who were earlier working for these larger IT companies as well. And since then, I think we have seen well, at least 50, 60 odd com, you know, IT companies which are scale, uh, which make a difference, uh, which have a very strong role to play globally when it comes to the software industry. And right now, I think uh, in the industry may be going through a slightly soft spot because of global macro headwinds. But uh, these companies are are you know gearing up for growth the foundation is very strong, and once we have all these uh, you know kind of uh, global issues of interest rate inflation sorted out and even a minor uptick takes place in tech spending, you will see that uh, you know Indian ID companies will be first off the block again going back to their uh, historical growth rates. <clears throat> that would be really really positive to see. So within the midcap space, is there anything that you've got your eye on that you think is a really interesting play? all I'm all smiles when you talk about mid cap i t because they've also been great value creators and uh, I'd like to highlight a few companies uh, which uh, which we have invested in uh, and which we've uh, i think have got a great future. The first company which comes to mind is again a Tata group company Tata alexi and uh, you know for for decades Tata alexi was really going absolutely nowhere uh, they tried their hand at many many businesses and many verticals, but I think the real inflection point was when Tata Motors took over JLR. And JLR required uh, a software company to manage their IT systems and to do all the kind of projects on the EV side. And that's where Tata LXE came in. Uh, JLR became the largest customer for Tata Alexi, and the rest is history. It's been one of the fastest growing software companies of the last decade or so. And from there, they've gone on to healthcare. They've gone on to media as well. And, and their critical, uh, I would say, skill set is developing the uh, the absolute embedded technologies which go into products, and that's been something which is their specialty. And they're able to compete uh, on 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 their terms with the large IT companies as well. So that's one company which comes to mind. Another one which has which is a very interesting company is again Persistent Systems, uh, which also has had exceptional growth rates last uh, three to five years or so. Again, over here, they focused on IP. They focused on specific verticals, especially providing their services to the technology companies in US. And, you know, the technology companies in US have been consistently growing. And uh, essentially, they need to keep on spending on IT to keep their products and systems going. And that's where okay. the systems came into play. Uh, then another interesting company is KPIT. Again, like uh, like uh, Tata Alexi they focused on automobile sector per se and across the board whether it was as you said you know powertrain battery management uh, you know uh, driverless cars uh, all of the entire ecosystem of the ev wherever software was required i think kpit has developed uh, uh, products they've developed ip they've also developed a nice pool of talent which can take up such projects and right now they are having phenomenal growth rates Another success story that we should definitely talk about is Larson & Tobro. You know, Warren, for an engineering company uh, to, re, uh, to remodel itself, so they took out their IT, com- IT uh, division and they formed Larson & Tobro Infotech, uh, which was a fast-growing uh, uh, company, which was mainly into engineering services, but they went into BFSI as well. Then they spun off Larson & Tobro Technology, and then they acquired Mindtree and Mindtree and LTI have been merged now to form the fourth largest company. So I think Larsen and Tobro also had a very nice strategy in place for the IT industry. And they've created a lot of value in the two companies which are listed just now. Like that down the line, I think we've seen many companies, uh, you know, which have that three to five years of fabulous growth rate. MassTech, which focused on U.S. Go- UK government orders, has had its place in the sum. Uh, Same is the case with uh, NIT Technologies, now called as Coforge. They were very aggressive into going after larger deals. And, uh, you know, their growth rates were purely dependent on superb marketing at their end. There's Emphasis as well, which is one of the large IT IT software companies, uh, which was earlier owned by uh, Digital. And thereafter, um, uh, Blackstone took over the company and that also has been very aggressive when it came to marketing so each company with a large cap or mid cap has got something special in it could be a vertical could be their marketing strategy could be a global preference could be ip something or the other which has been their key uh, core strength which has driven these companies and therefore they're able to grow at a much faster pace fantastic i mean it seems like there's a bouquet of options for investors and uh Seems like,
0: you know, we have a bright future going forward for the Indian IT industry.
1: That's right. But I just want to say one thing that uh, being an investor in the market for almost 30 years, now I'm seeing a situation where the boys will be separated from the men, the wheat from the shaft. So there was a time for many, many uh, decades, you would have kind of similar growth rates for all the IT companies. If, if Infosys were growing at 20%, everybody was growing at between 17 to 23% or thereabout, But now that variance is going to only increase and you will reach a situation where there'll be some IT companies, the Midcap ones I spoke about, uh, which can grow at 20% plus, but you may find a Wipro which is growing at uh, 2% as well. And we didn't speak about Wipro per se. it will be another great, great value creator, uh, a fantastic company uh, for, uh, promoted by the Premji family. Uh, few people know it was earlier called Western India products company, Wipro and it was into many other uh, divisions and then software was mm-hmm. became of course the, the largest division for the company so uh, coming back to the point i was making is that from this point on you need to be extremely selective there will be companies if you have studied their business model well you have understood their what what their value proposition which vertical they are focusing on and if you are confident that those verticals, that tech spending is going to remain strong those are the companies will grow uh, continuously grow at anywhere from 15 17% or 25% as well but then we run other bill companies doing legacy projects legacy projects which we yeah. have not you know larger in size maybe they will find the growth going a bit, a bit slower as well
0: mm-hmm. well i think that's a, that's a really interesting takeaway for our investors to to stay focused on on what they buy and uh, you know pick the right stocks and uh, hopefully we've left them with something really interesting to think about and yes. um, Yeah, I want to say, you know, a big thank you uh, for for sharing your thoughts and wisdom on the subject. And uh, I want to thank our viewers for joining us as well. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in about a week's time with with some fresh new information for them to digest.